I'm Ben Byes. And I'm Carly Byes. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. friends when welcome back happy thursday or friday or saturday sunday whenever you're listening <laughs> could be any day it could be any day so i guess we'll just kind of jump right in we are back from new york and just time of the time of our lives um we had mentioned <clears throat> at the end of last week's episode that um a, a pretty big couple at our church, an associate pastor and his wife and family were, had decided to leave, um, Not to our mention church. they're basically the only people that had real jobs were funding everything in the church. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned that last pretty week, but it's... <laughs> I think you mentioned something like that, but pretty big deal. Um, and that was, yeah, that was really like groundbreaking, earth shattering because I remember feeling like for the first time, like I, at, at this point I was aware enough to like really want God to like do something like God, I know something needs to happen here, but I don't know what that is. It definitely, like in my mind, it definitely wasn't like we need to leave or this church needs to end or anything like that. It just was like, God, please just change the tides, like turn, like just help people just be better people <laughs> and, um, just like guide us, you know, like, please do something. We were so desperate at this point for just something to change. And this family leaving was, I remember feeling so much excitement, like in my spirit, spirit, like, oh my gosh, like, God is doing something. I feel like God is going to be doing something like so sure. I felt that. Um, and this was before Christmas of 2009. Yeah. And, um, we had gotten back from New York and then Christmas time was coming up and, um, our pastor at the time again was becoming more and more distant, even in the business. And we're trying to run a business where he has to have the final say in everything. That's what you got to understand. Yeah, like couldn't. everything that went out, he had to have the final say in. So, even if he had no part in yeah, it. Yeah, even if there's a project that was done that I could send out, I would have to wait for his final approval. And as he was becoming more and more distant, it'd be, you know, it could be a day or two. And and I'm trying to run a business, and I'm like, this this is not sustainable. We can't be like this. And then also paying your bills and everything else without us being paid and you know, drinking manwich sauce. And, <laughs> um, it was just, you know, it, it was, it was a really hard situation we were in. And I, we came back from New York with all these bills due and did, did the best we could with them. But it, it was, was kind of like, did anything get done while you were gone? Yeah, you know? but, a, and, and not like you were putting blame on anybody else, but it was like, yeah, it just was like, you were in charge of so many things. Yeah. And, and he, for some reason he would listen to me, more than other people at certain times. I don't know what the situation was with that, but I could sometimes get him to do some things work-wise that um, just, I don't know, I had a level head. I could maybe talk sense into him a little more than other people, but not a lot more. And so you being gone for yeah, a week in New York was... Yeah, it's just it's harder, and then he became more detached. And then we're coming on Christmas, and um, Carly's grandmother was getting really sick, and um, our pastor was going to go on a cruise of some sort with his family members, and um, he was going to be gone for like 10 days, and Carly's entire family was going to go out to see her grandmother in Minnesota, and um, we felt like it was just something very important for us to do because she was such an incredible um, woman in Carly's life and so supportive of us, even in the midst of our junk. She, she was just an incredible woman, 
And he was leaving anyway, so we thought, you know what? Well, might as well go. And we'd just gotten back from New York a month before. And, and we it was had never like, really traveled. No. I mean, we had gone to Denver for a little bit. Maybe like Christmas, two or three days, yeah. <laughs> but we weren't we weren't ever gone for Christmas. I mean, my family never. was local, so we were able to do Christmas with them. And, and we would spend some time in Denver. Um, but we weren't able to do any long trips or time away or any and when we when you were away when we were away you were still having to do yeah. work and always had to have your phone on you it was never really being away no <clears throat> so yeah being able to go to minnesota was like it felt like we were the furthest from la we could be <laughs> well, besides new york which we were in a month and a half right but like it was just <laughs> yeah as distance, far as, as atmosphere the distance and was so weather and yeah the distance was so um tangible in terms of like it felt so far away when we were in minnesota and like it almost felt like we were detached from our life in la and i don't think we had ever felt that before i think maybe new york was the start of that sort of but there was still so much business stuff going on and so much fear but i think going into christmas knowing that this couple was leaving um it gave us a sense of hope and just kind of like I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> but we are going to enjoy this Christmas. Yeah. And it was the most magical trip. <laughs> I mean, magic. It was so magical. I mean, I it was my grandma, my grandma was, you know, super super sick with lymphoma and um I think she was doing pretty well at this point, but I think we all kind of knew this was going to be her last Christmas. And we were there with my aunts and uncles and cousins and, um, and, uh, all got to stay in my aunt's house out there. Um, and like the weather was just snowed the whole snowed the whole time. And on Christmas morning, a horse drawn carriage (laughs) was outside in front taking people on rides around yeah, the neighborhood. In the neighborhood, yeah. On Christmas morning, snowing. I mean, it was we, like... We made the most humongous snowman and then rode on a horse-drawn carriage was, on Christmas was, morning while it snowed. We were in a freaking Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movie, and I was loving every second of it. It was so magical, and I mean, oh my goodness, I just... So many fun things about that trip. Yeah. Just we watched going Home in. Alone together at night. Like we never watched movies. We never yeah. spent that much. Again, it was like the New York trip. We never spent so much time together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. with your family, especially, I had never been around your family for that long. Like not right. even close. Yeah, and to be like, I mean, just like my aunt had like lavender essential oils on the sheets, and even just like that smell is just so. Just reminds me so much of that time. Um, and going into town, like they lived in Northfield at the time, and like Northfield's just like the most amazing town, beer the cheese, cutest little town. Going to town, oh. yeah, get like hoagies and beer cheese soup, and just so many wonderful memories of that trip. Um, you know, we had never been. I had never been to, I had been to Minnesota before, but never in the winter like that. And it just was like everything we needed at that time, um, time with family. And because he was, he was going on like an international cruise. I think he was going like to Mexico or something. Yeah. supposed to be going. Um, and so I don't even think you got a phone call from him the entire time. No, it, it, this was at the point where he turned into full victim mode. Yes. Full victim licking my wounds. I can't <laughs> believe people would leave my church. I'm the most loving and giving person. I can't believe people are perceiving me in a bad light. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't even go on like this. This is so unbelievable. I'm just so hurt and so wretched. Well, and and couple, my life is so horrible. The couple that decided to leave I don't think they were they weren't very like outspoken about why they were leaving other than the fact that like they just couldn't do it anymore and that was so like respected by all of us that were there at that point we're like yeah man good for you I'm glad you got the balls to like leave (laughs) you know because we don't at this point um sorry mom for saying balls (laughs) 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 but um yeah, I remember before Christmas time there was a, a church service that he happened to be at. It was a Sunday morning. Our pastor was there, and this family had been leaving at this point. And I think they were still at the church, but they were like 
they were going to be gone they, by Christmas. Yeah, it was basically they gave their two weeks notice to yeah. a church. Like, yeah. who needs that? But, okay. <laughs> yeah. As You're if a two, fake elder, as so. As if two weeks was enough. <laughs> um, and this is where we did my major Jezebel moment of, um, I, we had mentioned in a previous episode of, you know, he was kind of like, you know, pouty face, pout, pout, fish face. And, um, he kind of was like, oh, you know, good morning. How are you? Whatever. After service. And, um, it's like, oh, good. How are you? And he's like, oh, you know, just such the victim, like just totally the victim was like, oh, like I'm doing okay. And just like, so obviously trying to be the victim. And I was just so not having it. It's like, really? Like you're, oh, really? Like, is, is is it really hard for you? Mm, I'm sorry. That's, that sounds hard. That sounds tough. And that was the first time I was really like outspoken towards him about, um, I just had like had enough at that point, you know, but, um, and we also had, I don't know if you remember this, but we had had a church meeting right before we left for Christmas. There was a church meeting on a Wednesday night. It was called last second. And we barely made it, and then our best friends weren't invited, and we told them about it, and they decided they needed to come too. And it was basically him coming, acting like a victim, saying, yeah, these people are leaving, and we just oh need Oh my to... gosh, and I thought this was afterwards. No, 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 this was right before Christmas, because our friends were leaving for their Christmas vacation. <gasps> oh my And here's gosh, the crazy thing right. about it, is he comes... He's wearing two different shoes. And he looks down and he goes, Oh, my life is so hard. I can't I can't even get the same shoes on. Like, this is how bad my life is. I'm so messed up that I can't even look to see if I have and I just thought That's right. That whole meeting, it was like it was like our whole church was about? our whole church was like in a relationship. So if one person left, it was like we had to have like a DTR to like figure out how are we all going to move on with with this couple leaving. So it was causing so much like strife and I think people were kind of feeling like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Yeah. You know, like, ooh. That he yeah, he called that I totally yeah. forgot about that. He called that meeting and it was like late one night and we were and, and yeah, our friends they were, were leaving. They, they, were, they were on the road leaving. and they drove back an hour because they were like, I have to be there. Because yeah, they were like, more fed up than we were. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be there for this. Yeah, and we were leaving, like, I think, the next day. Yeah. So we were able to be there. And I remember just like staring straight forward at the church, like as he was like walking by on our side. And I'm like, I will not even look him in the eye. I will not even look him in the eye. And I remember there were. This other- is one of the, the few times. No. A couple times, but this for sure was one where I thought, oh God, please don't say a word to Carly. I just, (laughs) like, there was such a fear in my heart that I said, that I just thought, please just don't even look at Carly right now. The pastor? Yeah. Please, the pastor, don't look at Carly right now because she had, I mean, her eyes could have just murdered someone at that point. And I thought, (laughs) and she was like staring straight ahead and I thought, oh, please, God, Yeah, if looks could kill... That mofo would have been dead. <laughs> please don't, please don't even like say a word to her because she's not going to be able. To, I knew in my mind she will not be able to control what comes out of her mouth if he says a word to her. And somehow my prayers were answered. And <laughs> he didn't. He did not say a word. He didn't. But I remember like shaking my leg in that meeting. Yeah, you were. I looking yeah. straight forward, and there were other like members because this was like with our like it was like the core group of us like it wasn't the entire church obviously it was like the core ministers armor bearers wives and husbands um and i remember a couple people like crying i remember being like why are you crying you stop crying what the (laughs) f are you crying about there's nothing to cry about here like he is not the victim. Like, straighten up. <laughs> like, I was so... She was shaking. Like, it wasn't I just her was, leg. I think her whole body... I was... And I this was, was one of the few times we were sitting next to each other, and I thought, oh my gosh, she's going <laughs> to spontaneously combust. Something is going <laughs> to drastically happen right now. I think you probably grabbed my hand at one point, like, don't freaking touch my hand. <laughs> no, I think I, I did try to grab her hand and just be like, look, please... You're going to burn this mofo down. I am. Like, don't even touch me. <laughs> don't even tempt me. I totally forgot about that meeting. Yeah. I was thinking that was afterwards, but yeah, that was before. And now we're just feeling like you're going to call this like right before Christmas because like someone hurt your feelings. <laughs> like you've hurt my entire life. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I was so, that was so upsetting to me. Um, 
And yeah, it like I remember it was like the veil was beginning to be yeah. lifted a little bit more. Like we were just like, I have I am so done with you. I don't you don't even deserve the respect that like I would have given him maybe two weeks prior, yeah. you know, like at yeah, service. Yeah, it was uh, or definitely definitely a situation where he went from being this powerful like I'll call the fire of God down on you to being this pitiful man who yeah. tried to then manipulate your feelings by his feelings instead of using his perceived power, which was yeah. losing its, you know, whatever, its gusto because of situations and, you know, no money coming in and us barely living and living on peanut butter and jelly. And it's like, you you know, you can only carry your power for that so long if if those things are happening around you and then then it went from him to try and manipulate by his poor i can't believe i'm going through this and that's i that was a, a again that i think that service was a major transition for our minds too even for myself even though i wouldn't allow carly to know it like, yeah wow, yeah I, we still weren't is, on the same page in that way this is like so weird yeah but i i was even though we weren't on the same page and and i was afraid for the fact that like i was feeling so strongly like and so angry about the situation and we had never talked about it i was kind of like Gosh, Ben doesn't even have any idea how I feel, but I don't even care at this point. <laughs> it was it was truly like pulling the curtain away from like the Wizard of Oz. We had had this idea that this wizard who was our pastor was like this great and powerful Oz. And we find out it's just this like stupid man behind a curtain. <laughs> trying to scare people. Right. Like trying to be something that he's not. And it was like we were we were finally seeing the little man behind the curtain um, who had this big voice before um, that meant so much more, you know? So I forgot about that. So so that even made Christmas even better because we were, like, yeah. so fed up. Like, don't even call me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> I'll be in Minnesota. Yeah. And don't ask me when I'll be home. <laughs> and the crazy thing about even before we went is that um, I had sent a job inquiry email out the beginning of December before we had that meeting, before we went, I think it was maybe when those other people announced they were leaving. And I just thought about, about a position. Um, and I, I don't know. I can't believe I did it. I wouldn't you even know? say it was a, a job inquiry. It was, no, a, it, was it was an email to a coach yeah, total where you shot went to college yeah. to be like, Hey, Hey, do you have any, any chance? chance you have any jobs available? And I was still working. We were still fully involved We'd still give him everything, and like I, just crazy. I even sent that email. So then that was beginning of December. Yeah, and he said, "No, sorry, I don't have anything available." <laughs> Weirdo. Um, <laughs> me, not him. Um, but it was so great and gracious, and so you know, I'd love to. Well, work and that with was such sometime. a huge step for you to even do that. And I don't, I don't remember you even sharing much about you. that because, I mean, yeah, why I would couldn't you? Give her that would have. <laughs> I couldn't actually give Carly any hope that things would change and then not change. You're such a jerk. I couldn't give her hope that my mind was maybe changing if it wasn't going to completely change. Oh my gosh. Because I knew that the the snowball would be running downhill. You could have given me a little bit of life back to me. Right. And that's, I think, something we've learned over the years is have open dialogue and communication. It doesn't mean that things have to go in a certain direction. It, it just means that you guys are knowing where you're at. And it's something we've had to relearn Yeah. Um, to this day of how to have those conversations uh, as a married couple without having expectations or without me feeling like something I say is going to turn something. I, I know that sounds random craziness. I don't know how to explain it. Do you have a better way of explaining it? I think just having dialogue with yeah, each other. Yeah, we'll ha- we had never had dialogue at this point. I guess of that's like, not random. That's hey, just normal here's, relationships. <laughs> here's what I'm thinking. This is what's been on my heart. Here's what I'm processing. Oh, cool. Okay, well, here's what I'm processing. Like, we had never had that. No. So, yeah, that would have been normal to be like, hey, hey, Carly, I'm, I'm like 
kind of struggling in my current job at the church. <laughs> Sorry, these 20 hours a, a day, just seeing you once a week for two on, hours. I don't know if they've been hard on you, but they've been kind of hard on me. So, <laughs> But I'm kind of worn out. I don't so know. I'm going to, I've sent a coach, I've sent an email to my coach from college just to see if he had any openings. Like, I don't think anything's going to come of it, whatever. But like, I just want to let you know, like, no, they're like, yes, that is a normal conversation yeah. to have. But there was, yeah, so much fear in that because... We didn't know how to. We didn't know how to yeah. converse at that point, and yeah, you were so you were so afraid of like giving me an inch and like me taking a mile, um, and which is ridiculous. It is, yeah, it is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but we just didn't know any better, you know. Like we were, like you were taught to like you were the decision maker, yeah. and I was the submissive one. Like there wasn't any discussing, so there wasn't any processing. So yeah, you sent that email before Christmas and I don't remember even I knowing about it. Her, no. Um but anyway, we went to Minnesota. But that, and that was part of the processing I think from New York too of saying how are you really taking care of your family and thinking, all right, well um I'm I'm not right now. Yeah. And what do I really love? Well I love coaching. Yeah. You know, this that I I've gifted to do that. I know God's called me to do it. Yeah. You know, like, this is something I'm great at, I think. But you didn't really, I mean, did you feel that strongly about it at that point? I think there was a part like of me that... You had no self-confidence, so I don't yeah, think you felt true. like, this is something I'm good at and what I could be. <laughs> no, like, yeah. No, you, you weren't, I mean, no offense, but you weren't You weren't feeling yourself that well. <laughs> no, I sure wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, um... So we go to Minnesota, we have the time of our lives and just, it's just so refreshing and redeeming in so many ways. Um, yeah. I remember going to your grandma's church and mm, I read a script, mm-hmm. a scripture there. On a Christmas was, Eve service. Yeah. And it was like the first time we'd been in another church in yeah. five or six years. And it wasn't like this amazing service, but it was people that genuinely loved God. And there it was, was a like a... candlelit service and it, so yeah, it was like it was just, really intimate yeah. and just like... Yeah, I just felt, just felt different and exciting. Um, yeah, and they had you read a scripture. I remember that. That was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> we'll have this guy read it. He's a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, you don't want this guy reading it. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, it was just, it was an incredible trip, and um, it was hard to leave in some ways, but we were able to fly from there to Denver to see your family. Um, and so that was like a really nice, just kind of like second leg leg of the trip in terms of we were able, like your aunt and uncle and cousins from New York were there for Christmas. Um, and so we got to see them. We, you know, we had just spent time with them a couple months prior. So it felt really significant that they happened to be in Denver because they don't come every Christmas to Denver, um, you know, from New York. And so that, that I remember that feeling like really significant and getting to see them again and getting to like ask us questions in our life and, um, just to see how things were going. And, and again, it was just, we were, we were away from being home and that was just really nice. But I remember, I remember your family being like, Ben just does not look okay. Like every picture we took, because we didn't take a ton of pictures together or family pictures because we were never together. <laughs> but like every time we did, it was like you looked like a vampire. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> just, just no color in yeah. your skin. You were, well, I never saw the sun. But like you and, were just, it was it was almost like you physically looked like what was going on. Yeah, mentally, spiritually, and physically. Yeah, in your life. Um, and even when we look back at pictures, it's like, oh my gosh, like when I look at pictures from that Denver trip and not as much Minnesota, but maybe just Denver, um, just like, holy cow, you like, just don't look like the person that I know you to be today. Yeah. Or that, even that Christmas card your family had from your aunt and uncle's house, I looked like decrepit and like just gross. Yeah. It was just really, it was so obvious um, that your lifestyle was like wearing away at you. It was really sad. But I mean, I think at the time we didn't notice that. Yeah. It wasn't until years later when we looked back and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. When like, wow. when you've convinced yourself, 
there's a, a part that I, I truly believe in the power of your mind and also the power of God that, you know, I was sleeping two and a half to three hours a night for probably three years. Mm-hmm. For sure two years, but close to three years for two and a half to three hours a night and like still functioning the way that I thought I could function. And it really is amazing what your body can handle. It's, it's, yeah. it's absolutely amazing. Yeah what your body can do, but it was still, it was wearing me down. Yeah, of course. And, and mentally wearing me down to the point where you become so, you, you can't, anything you process in your mind, you can't believe that's really true, you know, because you can't really think completely straight in that state of mind when you're not sleeping and you're, you're working and you're worn out and like everything is like just a little bit irrational. Yeah. Everything is a little bit like hazy in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really afford for it to be irrational because you don't have the time to, like, take the time to make decisions. But, um, but yeah, we get we get home from Denver. It's after New Year's. Um, and our pastor didn't even go on this cruise. It was too... Yeah, and he, was too, too de- he was too it's devastated. Too he was too devastated. Um, I can't smoke cigarettes in the uh, <laughs> cruise ship, so I can't possibly... Smoke my pack a day or <laughs> carton a day. Uh, um, but yeah, I remember just being like, oh my gosh, what an idiot. Like thinking, you know, like, oh, he couldn't, after all, like he couldn't go after all that. Because I, I think, I wanted, no, it was a gift from his family. I was thinking maybe it was like some of that, like a tithe, you know, for him to go. But it was, I remember it being like a gift from his sister's to like go on the cruise didn't end up going because he was obviously too distraught and too heartbroken um and it was kind of like like we were back to reality which just was really brutal yeah really, smacked really in brutal. the face with bills yeah <laughs> came back really and was like brutal. here you can't pay your bills or your company's bills or anything well and things just kept getting worse and worse and worse and um but at what point did you and your best friend in the church decide to take the sea best? That was it was right when we got back from Christmas that trip um I think with still the questions and answers from New York and then Christmas being away and I got back and I just thought you know what and we talked about it you know what we've got to provide for our families. I, I just can't possibly be right in God's eyes to not provide financially for our families with how we're working. Well, that was the first time you had ever had that thought. Yeah. Like that's such an obvious thought, but you weren't, there were so many other like legalistic spiritual yeah, things. No, I was providing you, for my family by following God, like right, get with the program you from like really f- no, like speaking that truth, you know, and, and, and moving based off of that. So it feels like such an obvious thing, but that was really the first time in all of these years that you had really finally felt that. Yeah, I thought like practically, how can yeah. I really take care of my family? So I don't know how the idea came up. We just thought, you know, we could substitute teach. In California, you just have to take a test. It's called the CBEST, substitute teach. And at least then, if we didn't have a crazy day at the office, we could go substitute teach. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, at that time, we had to drive to where, right by where we used to go to school to take the test. And well, I had to. Where we went to college. Yeah, and I stopped by the college to get my transcript <laughs> in order, because you have to show that to them to take your CBEST, show that you're a college graduate. And I ran into the coach that had emailed about a job, and he was just walking out of his office like crazily, said, Hey, do you have a job yet? Joking around, and they, him and the other coach that was there kind of looked at me weird and like, uh, you know, we're going on a trip to some convention. Maybe we'll talk later. And it was this craziest thing. Cause I was walking by did their office and they, job or did you say like, say, Hey, I don't I, remember you being like, I don't, I don't remember, but I think you just say like said, Hey, but I remember you feeling like they looked at you weird. Like what in the world are you, <laughs> what doing, are you here? doing here? It was like such a like shock. Yeah. yeah. And then we ran, I ran into one of the, um, administrators at the school who had been just an amazing resource in our life, just randomly ran into both those people when we were getting my transcript, didn't try to do any of that. Mm-hmm. And um, then we're after I got transcript, drove down 
to to take the test and the car broke down that we were driving. <laughs> and it wasn't even either of our cars. Well, it was another it... person's in church car. And But I think it's crazy to think that like we were living in LA and the Seabest test that you guys were taking just happened to be in the same city where we went to college. Yeah, which was 45, 50 miles yeah, away. Yeah, which is like just crazy. Like yeah. thinking how God was like setting these yeah. next steps up. Yeah. And so you stop by the school, you get your transcripts, you see the head coach, offensive coordinator, and then you see the dean of students who was like very, yeah. very just present in your life yeah. as a student at the school and um, was the, one of the main reasons why you came to school there. Yeah. And so you guys then go on to go take your test, your car breaks down. Car breaks down. And we were discussing this, why this happened, but I believe at this point our phones were shut off because we couldn't pay the bill. Yeah. And the car breaks down and I was like, heck No. <laughs> I am taking this. I have made finally made a decision that I feel like is right. My, I am taking this test no matter what. And my buddy was with me. is kind of like, I think he just threw the test. I was like, oh, well, I guess we're not taking the test. Today. I said, oh, no, that's not happening. And, and, and I, your car broke down like on the exit of the freeway. So like you were close enough, It was right? still, no, it was like two miles away. Okay. And so I considered I'm going to jog all the way there. And at this point, we all know my jogging at this point. Right? <laughs> I might have died of a heart attack. But I thought, you know what, I... And we only had, I think, 15 minutes. So I thought, okay, can I run two miles in 15 minutes? I don't think so, but (laughs) I I could try my hardest. So instead of that, I went and knocked on some person's door and asked to use their home phone and call the taxi. (laughs) A taxi. A taxi. Uber and Lyft didn't exist. (laughs) And I don't know how we paid. I don't know how we paid for it. But I was like, no, this is not... Ha- I'm doing whatever it takes to get there. And we got there in time and took it. And- you got there like just in time, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't know any of this had happened until you got home because your cell phone was turned off and I had no idea that anything had happened. Um, but yeah, that was... So you took. You guys took your test. You both passed, right? Yeah. Aced it, obviously. <laughs> obviously. It's going to become loud. It's like, oh, seriously? So yeah. annoying. <laughs> so annoying. Um, but yeah, so you guys came home. And then... Either right before that or right after that, when we all got back from Christmas, is when the best friend who I went with, who was also Carly's best friend, had also gone, who had also left for Christmas, came back from their Christmas and said, we're leaving the church. Yeah, because they were, everyone had family outside the state except for me. So, yeah. Yeah, So I think they went to Idaho or something. Washington, yeah. Like that, Washington or Idaho and... They came back, and, and my best friend was like, we're gone. We're out of here. And I thought, huh? <laughs> Wait. And he had, like, said all the reasons why, like, his wife's mom, like, is a counselor and had just, again, it was just like we were all at the point where we were, like, ready to sort listen. of ready yeah. to receive the truth. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't know what, like why we weren't ready before or like what about this time made us ready? Like, I don't, I, I don't know if I can ever answer that question other than, um, we had gotten to a point where like God was sh- showing us. I don't want to say finally showing us because I think there were things along the way that oh, he was sure. trying to show us. Um, you know, but we weren't, we weren't listening and, you know, so I don't want to make it all about like God wasn't showing us, but I also don't want to say that it, it, we weren't listening fully, you know, yeah. because we were crying out for God's guidance like yeah. every single day, you know, so why, why didn't he show us sooner? You know, and that's, that's something like I still really wrestle with today. But, um, anyway, at this point they, had a similar experience to us where they were like out of state. They hadn't been out of state for like a really long time for Christmas and they were with family and kind of out of touch and like really were asked the tough questions and like really were able to see that like, this is an extremely abusive situation. Like this is not God. Like this is not okay. And yeah, she had had just laid out what an abuser does Yeah, as far as, manipulates and then does something horrible and then comes back sorry and gives a gift or something along those lines in order to earn your trust again and then treats Mm -hmm. you horribly and then 
manipulate you again by feeling sorry or making you feel sorry for them. Like this is what an alcoholic manipulator, mm-hmm. abusive person. This is an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. This is how they treat people. And for him, it was like snapped his mind. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm in an abusive relationship. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to be treated like this. I'm not going to be a person who doesn't leave an abusive relationship. And from that perspective that we were in it, it's like you, I, I can see how people will st- would stay in a relationship even though it's hurting them and abusing them because the manipulation is so intense mm-hmm. when the person comes back and apologizes and it, it gives well, you $100 and, to go to dinner or yeah. makes you feel sorry for them because right. their life and is so hard. you feel like it's your fault. Like, And then someone uses God on top of that, manipulates mm-hmm. you in that aspect and brings that piece of the puzzle in. Mm-hmm. Um saying that it's beyond just them as God and God's will, then then it becomes even crazier in yeah. your understanding of reality. Well, I think, yeah, this, this situation that we've gone through has like really made me understand what it's like to be what like, you know, women or men feel in an abusive situation, you know, where they're in an abusive relationship and um yeah, they don't feel like they can leave because Every time they get the strength to, the abuser, yeah, apologizes or makes it feel like it's their fault and you're um, guilted and disdain or, yeah, all of those things. Like, you just, I have so much more sympathy, understanding um, what that feels like because they, abusers, like, just know how to take the power from you um, in, in really just being able to stand up for yourself. But, yeah, this, this situation, like, brings us to the first episode where it's a Wednesday night and our friends have told us they're not coming back to church and, and these are our best friends. Yeah. Like these are, yeah, I they're mean, not just acquaintances. Right, these, these are, are our this was my, the person I we, rode to work with every day. Well, and not just that, we started the Bible study in college together. Yeah. Like we went through that together, went to the church together, went through the business together and like these were, I mean, we've, we've done what we know of our life at this point together with these, with this couple. Yeah. And, um, and when they left, do you remember what I said to you? <laughs> God, how could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I don't remember if this was before or after the Wednesday night. Couch. No, it was for sure before. Okay. For sure okay, before. Okay, that, that makes sense because it probably triggered Yeah, that it triggered you and they had decided they were going to leave and it was probably maybe a few days before that couch yeah. episode that we started this with and I told Carly, I, I'm not going to leave just because someone else is leaving. I have to hear from God and I haven't heard from God that it's our time to go. Yeah. And I was very adamant about that. I said, look, I'm not going to do it just because I'm, like, I have to hear from God. Like, I'm not just going to leave because that's what everybody's doing. <laughs> and I remember feeling like I can't even explain the amount of hopelessness I felt <laughs> at that point because I knew that Ben was a man of God. Like, the, I didn't question that. But, like, at this point, I did not believe that God would tell him and he would listen. (laughs) I really didn't believe. I did not believe that I could trust if God were to tell him that, that he would listen to it and that he wouldn't try to turn it into like, I don't think this is what God's saying or whatever. I, I just, it was so hopeless to hear that from you because, yeah, because I mean, you were at least acknowledging that like it, it was on your mind that there's a possibility of leaving or like that, um, you know, I guess what you said was better than, you know, we're never leaving. Yeah. Like at least you were saying like, I'm going to leave when God tells us to, but I think I just felt like God's never going to tell us, or if he does, you're never going to hear it. You're never going to listen. Um, Cause I just didn't, I didn't trust that cause I felt like that was the best thing for us, but I didn't trust that you would hear or listen to what the best thing was for us because you hadn't up until this point and we didn't know what that was like to make a decision together. Yeah. So I think that really is what pushed me over the edge 
to that Wednesday night where I was on the couch in our first episode where I just was like, I, I don't even know what to do. And I remember praying to God and being like, Lord, if Ben loves me at all, like, and this was such a like manipulative prayer to God, (laughs) but I remember praying if Lord, if Ben loves me at all, like he will quit his job at the church. Like that was like, that was how I needed God to show me that like Ben loved me still and that he would do something for me. And because it felt so far fetched that was like, this is what would make me feel loved, but I know there's no way this is going to happen. But I remember praying like kind of just like, okay, God, (laughs) this is extremely far fetched, but if like God, if Ben really loves me, like he'll quit his job. And I never told you that obviously that I would have never told you that, but, um, I just so desperately needed like God to show up in some way. And for me to feel like just known and cared for, I guess. Um, because it wasn't even about like the church and the business were so intertwined at this point, but the business was what was really killing us at this point. That was what was really devastating in our lives. There were still people at church that we enjoyed being around, that we loved, that we had shared so much life with that I could see myself still attending the church, but not being with the business. Like that was the business was like, this has got to change because that's what was keeping you away from the family that's what was like occupying your mind all the time. Like those were the, the business was what was like really tearing our life apart at this point. It wasn't the church so much anymore. And yes, they were one in the same, but that's why my prayer was like, please, like if, if he loves me, then he'll like quit his job basically. Um, so yeah. So we, just to kind of recap on that Wednesday night, you came in and I was like could not be more dead. Yeah. And you had come in expecting me to be like praying on a Wednesday night because you, that was the expectation for me to be praying before we were to leave. Um, and, and, and maybe this, I mean, cause you weren't at very many Wednesday nights, but this happened to be one that you were at and it happened to be one that you came home before going to church. So, I mean, we would usually always meet there. So, for whatever reason, you decided to come home first and saw me there and you were going to pick me up and I was a shell of a person. And, um, yeah, that's when I heard from God and we is, we figured out it was time to leave. Yeah. So we went to church. Um, but we still like, weren't sure we went to we, church. We that, were sure we, we went to church. We talked to social pastor and then we got done with church and we had a discussion. We were like, all right, this is like, we, I have to, I have to quit the business. Yeah. So I called the head pastor at the, at that time, I think the next day. And I said, look, situation with my family, I have to quit the business. We're not leaving church. I have to quit the business. I will work through the end of the month to make sure that the loose ends are tied up. This is the beginning of January. Yeah. Yeah. And, and make sure that Everything's taken care of that I'm in charge of. I'll work through the end of the month, but we'll still be at church. I still love you. You know, all this other <laughs> Do you remember how that conversation yeah. went? Um, I think, I'm sure he was playing the victim at this point. And yeah. I was like, all right, well. I remember it went I just, fairly I was, well yeah, in the I think sense it went, that, like, he was totally the victim, but he didn't try to talk yeah, about it. Was, but I think he, he knew, like, things were point, crumb- yeah. crumbling around so, him. Um, but you also got to understand I'm quitting the business that my name's on the lease, my name's on the incorporation papers, my name, my name's on everything. So it's not a simple, oh, I'm quitting. See you later. There's a lot of work that goes into it for me to make sure this thing keeps running so I can pay the rent for, for the building that my name is on. Yeah. Um, and then we went to church that Sunday Mm -hmm. after we had talked and said, we were leaving the business. We went to church that Sunday and we... Well, I mean, I think it's important to like... So for Ben to say that, okay, like I'm going to quit the business, like we're done. Like that was so huge. And for the first time, like really felt like he 
understood me and yeah. like heard me and that we had made a decision together. Um, and that was huge. It was like truly an answer to my prayer that like felt like such a, I don't know, like outlandish prayer <laughs> for God to answer. Um, and yeah, so it felt really like empowering to be like, okay, he's done with the business. I mean, how stupid were we to think that like if by the end of the month that that like everything <laughs> would be like wrapped up. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. But boy, you know, what fools just, we were. Yeah. We had to put a timeline to it. Yeah. But yeah. So, but yeah, that was a Wednesday night and we went And to I still church. felt a, a huge responsibility to it. Like this huge pull, like, oh, I have to help see this thing through. Even though it's like, what do I have to help see through? You know, I gave everything to this and I never got anything in return. What was my moral responsibility to this? Only moral responsibility I have, I guess, is the fact that I put my name on a lease. That's my bad. Yeah. I shouldn't have done it, I guess. Big bad. <laughs> um, so we go to church on Sunday thinking, okay, you know, we're just going to be members of this church. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, we, you, know, we'll, we'll, we, you know, we'll be done with the business, but we'll be members of this church. And, and it, it was just, like, it could not be more clear that, like, there was no way that we could continue going no. to church way not being a part of the business like no i mean there was just we were there was no clearer picture than like oh my gosh we are so done here it was it was the the craziest immediate shift yeah that because at least even on that wednesday when we went we hadn't discussed leaving yet and then that sunday when we go it was like i we i I feel like we both walked out of the door and looked at each other and was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's freaking go. Yeah, like, like it, it was It was so abundantly clear. And yeah. It was one of those situations where, you know, again, I can't say I speak for God or I know everything about God, but it felt like it was one of those situations where it was God saying, look, you started to make a step. Now I'll make it very clear mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. You you finally heard. <laughs> now I'm I'm gonna make it indisputable. Yeah. That there you feel so uncomfortable in this place, mm-hmm. a place that you felt so comfortable in, and that you've yeah. given your life to, and that you've given to at this point for almost six years for me. Everything yeah. that I have, blood, sweat, tears, money, everything. every talent, everything. And we walked out that Sunday and thought, there is no way. There's no way that I can step foot one more day in the church. There's no way. Mm -mm. And that was like second week of January. And we were thinking like, oh, well, at least like do business after the end of the month and just kind of see how things go. And then stay at the church. Yeah. We thought we'd stay at the church. No. And looking back on how, how did we ever think that? But it just, it was the progression of what, you know, God was doing and, and showing us what it was and we we left that day and I I called him that Sunday already mm-hmm. cuz I had to go back to work that Sunday after church because there was a lot to do um <laughs> there yeah there was a lot you know a lot of free websites <laughs> but I remember calling him and just and just it. telling him I can't do it I'm I'm sorry I thought I could and I I just can't do it I can't I can't be at the church anymore we're going to have to leave can't be the church anymore. And again, the situation and the conversation with him was very much him crying on the phone, saying, what did I ever do to deserve this? And I've only treated you right. How? Why would Why would you leave? I've loved you so much. You And you I've, were in a place to fully see like what it was that he had done. Yeah. Like, because we still at this point, like mentally felt like, oh yeah, he had done a lot for us. Yeah. And yeah, this is where my spiritual growth and formation came from. And yeah. So So you couldn't even like accurately answer that question. Like, what did I do to deserve this? Where like today you'd be like, well, Well, let me me tell you. (laughs) Um, so that, yeah, that conversation happened. And I remember going through the conversation and being very surprised myself that I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. It's nothing. You, I remember saying it's nothing you've done. It's nothing. Oh my you've gosh, done. you said that. I don't know. Probably. Oh my gosh, you're such an idiot. <laughs> you seriously said that. 
It's just it's just God's direction for my family. I'm sorry. Oh There's my no... god. Okay, yeah. Go talk to anybody who's been in a situation like that and see how they respond when they leave a bad situation. Oh my gosh. Anybody's been in like You're an abusive in an abusive situation. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks, Carly. You're making me feel great about this. Thanks. You did it though. Could someone help me, please? Anyone listening? Just been through an abusive situation. Oh, hey, you did it. The fact that you actually did it, no matter how you did it, you did it. No, it's not you. No, it's not you. It's me. AKA, I'm still being abused. On the way out, do you want to flog me? Right. But yeah, that was on a Sunday when I called. And, oh, man. And then I had to. I'd made a decision to go back to the business for the rest of the month to close things out. And, um, you know, we were in a state of half bliss, half what are we doing, half, well, there's only two halves. So half (laughs) bliss, half what are we doing. I didn't think it was bliss at that point. No, but like some kind of relief. Yeah. I I don't know if bliss is the right word, but it was some kind of relief. And um, we made that decision to leave and... A week and a half later, just some absolute insanity happens. <laughs> I mean, the ish hits the fan big time, and we begin to realize some of the things that were really going on. But it, very thankful, it took us making our own, not, it didn't take us making our own decision, but I believe God allowed us to make our own decision before seeing some of the realities of what were going on to know that we were hearing from him and it wasn't just a decision we were making because of what was really happening. Right. Yeah, because we, we decided to leave the church at the second week of January and we put in our 30 days notice to leave Lawndale at the beginning of February. So we Yeah, were at the be, end of January. End of January, yeah. yeah. So we were going to be out of there by the, end, by the end of February. We didn't know where we were going. No. We had no jobs or anything lined no. up. We just knew we needed to be out of there. <laughs> we were maybe, I don't know, going to go move in with my parents. Yeah, we like, were anything. Anything. We just knew we needed to get out of there. And that was, yeah, we put in our 30 days notice beginning of February. And that first week in February, some pretty big news came out. And it just kind of changed the direction of everybody. Yeah, but and it, it put it into a two-week whirlwind in our life that we'll talk about next week that was dramatic, sad, ecstatic, crazy. Maddening. Maddening. <laughs> uh, every emotion you could humanly think of mm-hmm. um, happened. Yeah, you won't want to miss our next episode. Nope. Because you're going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, um, yeah, this just, it was, we're so thankful to God how it happened for us to leave and how we came to the decision on our own, like Ben had said, um, because it felt like we had made our own decision versus a decision being made for us for the first time. Um, so we, next time you'll kind of hear about our newfound freedom of being, out of the church, um, along with some like crazy heart heartbreak to kind yep. of work through for the next, I don't know, 10, 15 years. <laughs> oh, hopefully. oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's all for now. And welcome to Final Four. This week, <laughs> we are doing the uh, top four smells, at least that we can think of at this moment. So, top four smells. Sorry for the awkward introduction. Carly usually does it. She said it was my turn to do it, and I felt uncomfortable doing it <laughs> because she's better than I am at it. So, I think we made the wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Do you want to start? Go ahead. Okay. First one is rain. And Carly will usually tell me that's wet pavement you smell. <laughs> but there's something about the smell of rain, and it probably is on the pavement, that just 
I love the smell of like more like a rain where the sun is still shining a little bit mm-hmm. and it's been hot out and that rain comes and you just like smell the pavement mixed with the rain and the grass mixed with the rain. There's just, I, I love the smell. It's, 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 a, it's a good smell. I like it. That's a good one. Mine is, um, I, my first one is uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. The smell. <laughs> Of the water. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. The smell of the water. Everybody. Everybody does. Everybody. Everybody who's been to Disneyland knows that smell. It's a similar smell to really any water um, on any sort of ride, but Pirates of the Caribbean feels like the most iconic. Yeah, it just is. It's always like cold inside there. So I think of Disneyland like on a hot day. It always seems to be hot at Disneyland, where every time I've been, it's hot. And because pirates is underground it's like cold inside (laughs) and the smell of the water it's just very nostalgic so that's one of my favorite smells all right (laughs) um number two for me would be um probably not a surprise carly love spell (laughs) i thought you were gonna say that (laughs) i carly wore that perfume when i met her yeah, not even a perfume. It's a body splash, yeah. which is like so early 2000s. <laughs> body body splash. splash that I wore in high school and in college. Yeah, it's from Victoria's Secret. I think they still make it. It's like their number one seller. <laughs> yeah, and it, I... You were under the spell. Honestly, 100%. And I sometimes I'll still smell that. Like someone will walk by me with that smell. And yeah. my I'll almost have to sit down. <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna lose my mind right now. It just so, it's just like so it brings me back. Yeah, brings me back twenty years. Yeah, it's it's the it's the it's the craziest. Maybe not twenty. Not but, twenty years. <laughs> but seventeen years. It, it yeah. just it it immediately puts me in that spot. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just what? <laughs> just so crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, mine's also along the same lines, but, um, it's a perfume, Coco Mademoiselle. And the smell is so, I had a sample of it, um, when we went to New York for the first time and I wore it every day there. So it will forever remind me of New York and that trip. And it's just so obviously memorable for all of the reasons you guys have listened to. Um, but yeah, there's something about smells that are just so powerful, kind of like songs, yeah. When you hear them and you smell them, it's just like it can bring you back to a place in time. And that is what that perfume is for me. And I love it to this day because of that reason. Um, and doesn't it remind you of that too? I feel like that when I wear it, you're like, yeah. oh, I'm New York. Yeah. It's a good one. That's a good <laughs> one. <laughs> My third one is uh, fresh cut grass. Oh, that's one of mine. What? That's one of mine. Get out of town. Don't act like you didn't know that. <laughs> I I love that smell. I love the smell of fresh cut. It just I reminds you me didn't of like it because of no, it does. It reminds me of two things. First of all, it reminds me of yes, working with my dad who mowed lawns all the time, and would make me come and help mow lawns with the rest of the children and the family. <laughs> um, but it oh, it does. There's, it just brings me back to summer. Like yeah, it immediately like the best. The best, yeah. is summer feeling, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> like you almost take a deep breath and think, oh, we're in summer. I love fresh cut grass. Yeah, I really, really do. Such a good one. My next one is um, I love the smell of diesel, but <laughs> but diesel from like the boat that you've been on in the lake. <laughs> That smell is so good because it reminds me of camping in the summer with my entire family, um, being at Bass Lake or like the smell of like the sea dews. Um, it's like the exhaust from the boat and the sea dews from like water skiing and being on the water just is so nostalgic for me. Gosh, I love that smell. It just, yep. just reminds me and I'll, and I'll smell that like occasionally, um, trying to think of like where I've smelt that that hasn't been at a lake where it just reminds me of that maybe even just as like a truck a or something lawnmower. Yeah, maybe yeah maybe a lawnmower <laughs> or something like that that um like triggers that same smell of like diesel 
but it's different than just like car diesel or truck diesel. It's, it's something with like the water that is like really nostalgic. That's one of my favorite smells. It's like the, it's like the grass. It's like the summertime yeah. smell of like camping for us. Yeah. All right. My final one is kind of mixed between two and it's, uh, both a little weird. Um, first one would be, be like pre-workout. <laughs> The smell of pre-workout? Yeah, just, I and and I don't even know what it is. Like the but smell of your own sweat before you're working? No, out? no, the pre-workout drink you take. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Carly. <laughs> There's just something that's like, I'm ready to go with that smell. And the second one that kind of goes along with that that's a little weird is like the smell of a locker room. And usually that's a horrible smell, but there's just something so... Like, I, I, I love the idea of of that. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like a great smell, but it's a smell that's just so familiar being in athletics my whole life. The smell of like a locker room. Is it like that, a rubber smell? Yeah. Kind like of from cleats and yeah, sweat. And... Cleats and sweat. And now that turf is around mm-hmm. the smell of turf and just that whole athletic smell. Vibe. Yeah. It just <laughs> sounds awful. It is, it is awful. Now that I think of it, it's <laughs> disgusting, but there's, it, there's just there's just good, good feelings, feelings yeah, surrounding good feelings it. that are yeah. attached with it. Kind of like one of your favorite feelings is when you stand in the shower after a hard football game and all those, yeah. the hot water like burns all your scrapes and stuff. Yeah, That's like I'll never have that feeling feelings. again. I'll never have one of my favorite feelings again. You will when Truman's old enough to like wrestle you and beat you up. No, he'll never do that. I'm, <laughs> I will always be stronger than him, but. <laughs> Yeah, Carly's mentioning that. One of my favorite feelings in the whole world is after a football game in a hot shower and standing in that shower and just having all my cuts and bruises and pains just be searing hot from the water. And it stings because it's bloody and it just, oh, it's like you gave your all to something. I just, I love the feeling of giving everything I have to something. Obviously, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> wow. I'm going to give my all to everything. This is, this is sounding very familiar. <laughs> but it, it totally is. What a great feeling. <laughs> and if you've never felt that, shame on you for never giving your all to something. Oh my gosh. Just don't give it to a cult. <laughs> if you learn anything from this, just don't give it to a cult. Good grief. Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, my final one is obviously the next best smell of the summer, which is the Orange County Fair, duh, because there's so <laughs> many amazing smells that go on, just mostly with all of the food. Obviously, you've got the bacon wrap station, you've got the deep fried station, you've got like the Mediterranean kebabs that you go by. Then you got like the charbroiled burgers. Can we talk about how good a charbroiled burger smells? So good. There's something different about a charbroiled burger than just other burgers. Yeah. They're so good. So, so good. The corn. Oh my gosh. You can't forget the corn. (laughs) The smell of the corn. That's probably the best smell at the fair is the smell of the corn. Yeah. So you love the corn man also. I love the the smell of the corn man. Yeah, Yeah. Actually it was a corn lady growing up. Um, and yeah, we may have to share that like on some of our favorite childhood memories on another Final Four. But yes, I grew up in uh, the city of Santa Ana. <laughs> if you're not familiar, um, you don't want to be. <laughs> but we grew up with the corn lady coming down our street. And uh, yeah, so the smell of corn is just so good at the fair. I mean, what like what is better than sitting in the photo booth taking pictures, which are my favorite thing to do at the <laughs> totally fair, the black and white thing. photo booth. <laughs> With the smell of corn, with like deep fried pickles waiting for you when you get out. Yeah. I oh, I so personally good. love the smell of like cow manure. Okay, this is just <laughs> turning really weird. First pre-workout, then locker room. Then I just, there's something about it that reminds me of growing up and being, visiting my cousins and it just, I, I love that smell. And like when we drive, when I drive through, um... Central California, and I can smell that. There's something, I don't know. It's a horrible smell, but it smells great. It brings good memories for yeah, me. Yeah, it brings good memories. I also love the smell of laundry through a laundry chute. Oh, Carly loves the smell of laundry. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Through a laundry chute, it smells different than just, like, being by the washer. Um, 
and it's actually the dryer chute, whatever, like, yeah, that hot air that's coming out onto the side of the house or outside of the garage, whatever. That's, I love that smell so much. So good. Um, you know, I have a thing about smells. <laughs> I think I like the laundry smell because it smells clean and we know I like to be clean. Obviously. Um, also like onions and garlic and bean sauteed in a pan. Ugh, I hate that smell. Are you kidding me with melted butter? <laughs> I just... You like the smell of a locker room, but you don't like the smell of grilled yeah. onions. It just smells like bad breath to me. G- garlic and garlic onions and onions, yeah, butter. smells like bad breath to me. How how amazing is that? It smells like bad <laughs> breath. Yes, it's exactly what it is. It's bad breath. Might as well call it Shrek. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> well, I I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Um. Also, new car, new shoe smell. Yeah, new car smell is pretty great. Yeah, it is. or new shoes. It's kind of the same smell. Yeah, Ben has a new it's like car right fresh now. Fresh so rubber. You're feeling, yeah. you're feeling that new smell. New lease, let's be honest, guys. <laughs> we can buy a new car. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great smell, though. It just like makes you feel clean. Kind of yeah. like when you had your house cleaned and you come home and it just smells like you've had your house cleaned. It's like yeah. such a good feeling and you didn't have to do it. That's the probably the best part about it is. It smells like your house is clean and you didn't have to do it. Nothing better. Yeah. But the best smell of all time is a newborn baby. Hmm. Like a baby like a couple days old. Oh, yes. Like straight yeah. from the You womb. meant like straight <laughs> no. poop baby. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, no, yeah. Now no, that you like, s- yes. With like the smell of like freshly clean baby clothes on them yeah that is they just have like this smell. smell like newborns just have this smell i wish you could just bottle it up and just yeah. keep it forever. johnson and johnson tried yeah when they were sued but they just oh man new little babies just have the best smell if they're clean some babies aren't clean yeah th- talk about the worst smell like the baby's <laughs> like hair smells like puke <laughs> It's horrible. Like you hold the baby, you're like, oh, jeez. Does anybody wash this thing? Our kids never had hair, so that wasn't a problem. I was also a freak about making sure our kids were clean <laughs> and smelled for sure true. Smelled good all the time. Um, and that, like, yeah, that Mustela baby wash is like yeah. the best. Oh my gosh, it's just so good. Just a new little baby is just. Yeah. The best. A good smelling baby. Yeah. We'll have another baby just to smell it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's that'll end it with the best smell on earth. A new baby. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Biography. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Biography. See you next time.